I want to learn together the Torah's first impression of Maish Rabbeinu, the Rebbe of Klal Yisrael. And Maish has a very, very unique custom. Maish Rabbeinu is growing. And he goes out to his brothers. Klal Yisrael is being tortured in Mitzrayim. They're, they're under tr- tremendous, tremendous heavy labor. And the children are being killed. A tremendous xerus against Klai Yisrael. Forced labor, children being killed. Literal torture. And Maisha's Vayetzeh he goes out to his brothers, Vayarbis of Laisam. And he sees their pain. He sees what they're putting up with, Siv that word sivlaisam, he sees what they're putting up with, what they're being saivel, and the, the Lashon Kaish word is saivel, what they are bearing, And this word taught was the custom of Maishu Rabbeinu. He would go out, it's almost awkward, you would, if you would visualize a site, a work site of Yidin being tortured, and then picture one person watching. He's like staring and observing and Maishu Rabbeinu is watching. Now, of what purpose is he watching? What does it help? If you, have, if you picture the work site, there's a guy like hiding. He's, remember, he's in the palace of Paray. He's, he's in the Paris of Paray, palace of Paray. He's being raised as part of Paray's family. And from that place in Paray's house... He's He's watching and seeing the pain of Klal Yisrael. Says Rashi, very, very famous Rashi. This Rashi, if you ever want, choose to go to Mashkiah school, you guys go to different colleges. If anybody ever goes, Aryeh, to, to Mashkiah College, this will be one of the first Rashis they'll learn with you. This Vayarbis of of Nasan Eina he put his eyes and his heart to feel their pain. That was what Maishu Rabbeinu, that's what Maishu Rabbeinu's custom was. He would watch and observe. He would make, coming out of Paray's palace, he would go out to his brothers and he would watch them being tortured. And the, the, this custom of Maisha is because Maisha knew Metzios that our lave are most impacted by the Inayim. It's interesting. This is true with Averis. If we see inappropriate things, the eye sees and that causes the heart to desire. The eyes are a window into the lave. By seeing it connects us to something. It causes emotion in a very deep way. Einayim rice and the lave is chaymed. And Maishu Rabbeinu would do that for the good. What you could done for Averis, if you see something bad, the Einayim rice and the lave starts desiring it. Maishu Rabbeinu used that with taiv. Nasan eina v'liboy liyos He gave his eyes and his heart to be meitzar. Maishu sensed. He could be in the palace and he hears what's happening to the Yidden, but seeing it is different. Experiencing it is different. And Maishu Rabbeinu would experience what the Yidden are experiencing. He would see it. He'd give his heart and as he'd give his eyes, he'd watch. He'd watch the Yidden being tortured at Satz. 
it would elicit tremendous feelings in his heart. Somebody told me one of our guys in Eretz Yisrael was steiging tremendously, and somebody even described it in detail. And I was happy, but it was much, much different seeing it. Seeing it's different. The Enayim, when we witness and experience something, it leaves a much deeper impression on our heart. I've told this many, many times to the guys, but it's so important, there are many areas this effect. I told the guys that one of our guys once told me he's a chassan, and I wasn't excited. I was a little like surprised at myself for not being excited. Like it was upsetting. I liked the guy. I think I liked the guy. Then you hear, he's a chassan, mazel tov, and you don't feel it. That's rather concerning. You hear a guy's a chassan, and you question yourself, do I really, I think I like the guy. I'm very into the guy. And I have that I didn't believe it. Even though I heard it, it's rather amazing. I heard it from honest people, from the guy himself said, Rebbe, I'm a chassan. But somehow the way we're wired is when we see something, it affects our heart more. When I saw him with his cow, I got excited. He's a chassan, taka, he's a chassan. It's interesting, the whole premise, the vert, is a very, very awkward type of simcha, the vert. Vert, I like as many parties as possible. A vert is very, very tricky. A l'chaim is easy. A l'chaim is the moment they're engaged, so there's a natural energy to a l'chaim. A vert is a very tricky simcha. Especially if you've seen the guy already, you mask him simcha, vert him are tricky. Great to see a simcha. A word is very... I've told him Simcha, and Simcha walked in. Excellent, perfect. Wow. A word, Simcha... <laughs> simcha, a word is a tricky Simcha. Especially if you've seen the Chasa, you don't even know what to do. It doesn't have such a format. So you stand at the word eating, and every once in a while you mosey on to the chasna and say mazel tov. You said four times before. It doesn't have that much of a form of word. L'chaira, the point of a vart is people who didn't see you yet should see you as a chassan. They heard, he's a chassan, he's a chassan. Even if they saw you, they didn't see you in the sit together with your kal. Stand with your kal and people say, he's taka a chassan. L'chaira, that's the point. Kivali, was, Kivali your vart was yet? Your vart was ready. Kivali's here and you say mazel tov, even the guys see you, but they don't see the chassan you. All of a sudden, you go to the vert and you see the chayr, that's the point of the, of the vert, is that people see the chassan, the chassan, he's with his kala. So I say, stand next to the kala and tell people, mazel tov, mazel tov, mazel tov, greet everybody, they know you're a chassan. But it's different when you see. When you see something, it leaves a much, it, it, it leaves a reishim on the heart and it makes us connected to it. As such, Maishu Rabbeinu had a custom. He wanted, he cared for Klal Yisrael, but to hear about the suffering of Klal Yisrael is one thing. You hear, it's, 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 he wanted to feel it and experience it. And as such, Maishu Rabbeinu would travel around Klal Yisrael. And he would observe and see the difficulties Klal Yisrael was going through. By seeing it, it aroused his heart. It caused his heart to feel it and experience it. So he put his eyes and his heart in order to feel it, and Maishu Rabbeinu felt the pain of Klai Yisrael. This was a midah of Maishu Rabbeinu. It's the first, really, our Shalom Aleichem to Maishu Rabbeinu. There's a midah called Naisei Ba'olim Chaveri, to feel somebody's pain 
to experience it as a midah noisei ba'olam and chaverei, to carry the yoke together with your friend. This clearly is the midah the Torah wants us to introduce to Maishu Rabbeinu. That's the midah of Maishu Rabbeinu, really our shalom aleichem. To Maish Rabbeinu was this midah of caring of Nasan Eina Vili by Lias Meitzaraleim. He feels the pain of Klai Yisrael. Now, I want to share a word with you that I that I that I've heard only in the last couple of years. I've told Arya this word, but but this word it's it's much it's not a, it's not a cute word. It's a life changing concept that I want to share with the guys. There are three parshas in Parsha Shemais. There are three parshas. When we say a parsha, it's a, a new paragraph, so to speak, in the Torah. And every time we see a parsha here, where there's a pay or a samach, there's a break in the Torah. And there are three parshas that are back to back to back that I want to explain the connection between these three parshas. The first one speaks about this midah of Maish Rabbeinu. That Maish Rabbeinu is a tremendous nice ba'olam chaveri. He feels the pain of Klal Yisrael, tremendous sense of achrayis, and he's going around by yarbus of loisam, feeling and experiencing the pain of Klal Yisrael. That meme is parsha number one in, in parsha Shemais. After describing, it goes through a few stories of Maish Rabbeinu's life like this, his practice of Ayarbis of Loisam, his defending, Vayarish Mitzri Makish Ivri Me'achiv, he saw a Mitzri hitting a Yid, and he kills the Mitzri. Vayaches HaMitzri Etmeneu Bachoyl, Maish Rabbeinu kills the Mitzri, defends a Yid. A third story, he sees two people fighting, and he says to the Rosh, Why are you hitting your friend? He defends a Yid who's being clapped. And he says to the Rasha, Why are you hitting your friend? The Rasha says back, Who made you in charge? It's so interesting. Anytime you, you care about another person and you show Achrayas, the question is, who makes you in charge? That's always the response to Achrayas. And this person says back to Moshe, Misam Chalaish. Who made you the man? Sar v'shoifet aleinu. Moshe Rabbeinu showed Achrayas. He cared. And the other person said, like, None of your, mind your own business. Well, you're in charge over here? And, and Moshe Rabbeinu then, his secret that he killed the mystery, the mystery is, is, is let out of the bag. He runs away to Yisrael. He runs away to Midian. Famously, we'll study this story, yet he meets his wife. We're not going to do it today, but famously, he meets his wife. So, <laughs> so, you didn't do anything wrong. So, no, 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 no. We just want it. <laughs> so, Parsha number one. Parsha number one really is getting introduced to Maish Rabbeinu and his incredible madregas of achrayas, of responsibility, of caring for the Zulas. Vayarbis of Laisam, feeling the pain of Klal Yisrael, defending a Yid from an attack of a Mitzri, defending a Yid from an attack of another Yid, ultimately having to run away from Egypt because Pare wants to kill him. Because Pare wants to kill him, he killed a Mitzri, Pare wants to kill him. The, we then have a pay. he marries Yisrael's daughter, we then have a new Parsha. In the new parish, it says, In those days, 
The king of Egypt dies. And the Jewish people groan from the work. And they cry out. And their prayers go to Hashem. Now what connection to the king of Egypt dying? It says the king of Egypt died and Klai Yisrael groans from the work. What does that have to do with the king of Egypt dying? Why is that connected? They're working, they're being tortured. Eli, what's Pashupshat? The, the king of Egypt dies, Klai Yisrael groans from the work. What does that do with the king of Egypt dying? They groan from the work. It's difficult work. They've been working for decades, literally decades. They're being tortured and working. Why does the king of Egypt dying, Aryeh, bring out the groaning? I know. Says Aryeh, the hope always, there's a shtickle hope. While the king was alive, they were always had a degree of hope, a modicum of hope, that when he dies, a new king will come and it will end. And the king dies and everything stays. That's, oh, that's dreadful. Nothing's going to ever change. That's the tremendous pain of the Jewish nation. So, he dies and nothing changes. Now they groan. This tremendous, tremendous sar. The sar of it doesn't feel like it's going to ever change. There was always a glimmer, really, there was always a glimmer of hope. We're being tortured when Melech Mitzrayim dies, this, all this devastation, all this torture will end. The king dies and nothing stops. That's one beautiful pshat, Aryeh. So Klai Yisrael groans from all the work. Hashem hears their cry. Hashem remembers the bris he made with Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. And Hashem vayar aloikim is b'nei Yisrael vayeda aloikim. That's the next parsha. The third parsha is as a malach comes to Moshe Rabbeinu, and Hashem speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu's first prophecy of his life, and Hashem tells him, Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu that ani ami. I see the affliction of my nation that Mitzrayim's doing to them. As shamati, I hear their cries. and I understand their pain, and I want to go now. Let's save them from Mitzrayim. And Moshe Rabbeinu is is told by Hashem to go down to Mitzrayim. So three parshas. Moshe Rabbeinu feels their pain. Parsha number one. Parsha number two, Klai Yisrael cries to Hashem in tremendous anguish. Parsha number three, Moshe from Midian is summoned to go down to Klai Yisrael and release them. Three independent stories. Comes the Zayar, and the Zayar makes a very cryptic comment. The Zayar is not in Parsha Shmais, it's actually Parsha's Ve'era. And the Zayar says as follows... Eli, this rule is something, Shalom, I want you to hear this rule. It's worth it to come to Yeshiva to hear this, I believe. I want you to hear the Zayar. Says the Zayar, Ki asa Moshe, asa koil. Moshe Rabbeinu created the koil, which the Chayr of the Zayar is saying, is Moshe created the cry. Now what does that mean? Klai Yisrael cried because they were in pain. What do you mean, Moshe Rabbeinu created the cry? The Zayar, cryptic Zayar, Ki asa Moshe, asa When Moshe came, came the cry. Ki asa Moshe, asa When Moshe came, the koil, 
that we speak about and they cry. Pashup Shad in these three parshas is Maisha's born, the hero, the savior. Maisha Rabban Yisrael, the the one who comes and saves Kla Yisrael. He cares. A separate thing, Kla Yisrael's moaning and groaning and crying. And the third thing, Hashem summons Maisha to save Kla Yisrael. Comes the Zayar Ari, and the Zayar says that Maisha Rabbeinu created the coil. What do you mean, Maisha created the cry? Why were we crying, Ari? Because we were in terrible pain. Because the Mitzrayim were killing us and torturing us. So what does Maisha have to do with creating the cry? What do you say to that, Ari? Many years ago, many years ago, what you just said, what Martha brilliantly just said, I want to explain what Martha said. I'm going to explain. <laughs> many years ago, I went to Eretz Yisrael, and during laning Akiva, I have seen tremendous, there's Ashkacha everywhere. In Eretz Yisrael, you see Neuridik Ashkacha, it's, it's the land, Asher Eine Hashem Lekecha Tamidba, Hashem's eyes are always on the land. I see Ashkacha there. I'll tell you something that happened this year. We'll do it in a pause, and I'll probably forget what I was saying, but it's worth it. So we're going to do this pause, maybe, or as you remember, maybe it won't. We're going to do this pause. It's worth it, are you? This year, Friday night, Friday night, I, I, I spoke to the guys, and I try, I prepared every speech till Shabbos, except Tars Chaim in the morning. So I prepared, there were five times I dashed into the guys on the plane. Ezra... Ezra Shulman was mad at me. I had a paper. He said he's very disturbed. Don't get old on us. He didn't like that I had notes. But always on the plane, Teretz Yisrael, I write notes. That's what I do on the plane. I like studying. So I write notes. But I try not to prepare for Shabbos. Because Shabbos, I just want to feel what I'm experiencing. So I don't want to prepare. I don't want to be scripted. I don't want to script it ever. But before Shabbos, it's a Kavadat Sibur. We're getting together in Yeshivas. I try to prepare. On Shabbos, just be present. So came Sh- Friday night. I wanted to, I t- there was something I was talking about here, the Anhaganesis that we've seen in Yeshiva. That Hashem has dealt with the Yeshiva in a way of supernatural. And being with the Hevra and seeing it, I was talking about the supernatural, Bin Zaych and Yeshiva. And I said to the guys, I spoke about Kedusha, that Malbim. And I spoke about people going above their nature, not mailing it in, and trying to overcome and fight for something gives us miracles, Ellie. If we, I said a Malbim, that's what I said. Friday night, you can't make this up. I spoke Friday night in Rev Center's Yeshiva to the Chevra about this topic that I've seen miracles in Yeshiva, Hanhaganesis. I've seen Hashem behave with us more openly. And I attribute it because guys don't just fight above their natures. Try to be supernatural. So I told the guys this Ariel Friday night. Two hours later, in one of the most touching things that happened to me in Eretz Yisrael, there's a Talmud Chacham that I was Zaychatir Shir from for five years. Gershon, he's a Talmud of Reb Chatzko. And somebody had contacted me, Erev Shabbos, that he'd like to be in touch. And he said he apologized that he can't come to the gathering Friday night. He really would walk into the gathering we have on Shabbos Kodesh. He's not young. 
He's an older Yid. He's physically very not well. And he apologizes that he won't be able to come, but he'd like to be in touch. Okay. Okay, this old mentor of mine, somebody I went to Vadim for five years, Talmud Rav Chatzkel, a very holy Yid. And he said he'd like to be there Friday night. He'd like to be back in touch. Somebody had called me. He'd really want to be there Friday night, but it's way too far. He's not well. His age, he can't walk, but he wants me to know he really wants to be there. So thank you so much. Friday night after the Suda, in walks this Talmud Chacham. He shuffles in, and he walks to the seat. He's weak. Very weak. He shuffles in after the apology call Friday from his son that he wants to be there, but it's impossible to walk in. He then walks in, Mimi. I don't know why. He's there. I'm not, I like a certain aim. He's a big tzaddik. So he, we sing. He says, Lelum should sing. We sang beautiful songs. Then I asked if he would speak, and he spoke very briefly. He spoke very, he's not, he's weak. Wasn't able to be heard by tons of guys. He briefly spoke. And then, after he speaks, before he leaves, he leans in. He wants to tell me something. Can't, in my ear, he wasn't loud, let alone when he spoke to the guys. But he leans in. He says, I have to tell He said, you're probably wondering why am I here. You're probably wondering, what am I here? You're probably wondering, why am I here? I, you got a message, I can't come. He said it was very hard for me to come. He's not a joking person or a person given to hyperbole. He's a very, to tell you what type of person he is, there's a story he'll let me say, I think. He was very close to Reb Chatzkel. Just to describe how not an exaggerator he is, Reb Chatzkel once asked him, what time is it? Reb Chatzkel said his name is Chaim. Reb Chaim, what time is it? So he said 9.07. And Reb Chatzkel undressed him, gave him musas. Reb Chatzkel was very tough. Said, talk normal. He's the type. He said, 907. He said, you don't talk to you. say 905, 910. You don't say, it's a certain guy. I don't want to point out here. Who's a 907 kind of, you don't, I never answered 907 in my life. Trust point me, down, you're a cool down. guy. I promise. If you, Akiva, if you ask Akiva Sperm what time, he's just pick the coolest guy. In the, you, you say 905, 910. You don't say 908 in 32 seconds. It, you, you're, you're weird. <laughs> you answer 905 like 908. I don't know. It's weird. You say 905. Maybe today. I hear I, Rav Chaskel yelled at him. It could be, keep in mind back then, they didn't have, today you have the watches, the Taka says 908. So may, I don't want anybody to get self-conscious. It's right now, it's 352. Okay, don't get self-conscious. It's four. Maybe today is different. Maybe today is different. They used to just have the, the, the fingers, Aachen. So he, he said 350 or 352. Like, Rev Chaskel gave it to him. That, if Akiva, would, see, Akiva, whatever he does is cool. This guy, Reb Chaim, is a very exact person. He's a, he's a guy who would say 350. He would say 352 and 43 seconds. That, <laughs> <laughs> he's a very exact person, almost stiff. Reb Chatzkel yelled at him. He told me Reb Chatzkel gave it to him, stark answer like a normal person. Reb Chatzkel like berated him, don't answer so, so strange. Say 315, knock it off. <laughs> 
The guys are looking at me funny, okay? The guys, you know cool better than me. I'm sorry. Okay. Now everybody's thinking what I would say. I just made so awkward now. <laughs> Answer. There's no more ears. Nobody asks time anymore. We all have time anyway, so nobody asks anymore. You could say 353 today. That's what it says. I think maybe with the fingers more, Daniel. That nobody answered like that. You, the, the watches didn't have exact. Lemaisa, Arya, listen to this. Reb Chatzkel yelled at him that he's answering too exact. Now, so I'm just, I want you to know, I just, it's very important for this story that he's a very exact person, Reb Chaim, this year, who came, and he's not given to hyperbole, to exaggeration. He has notebooks full of stories with tzaddikim. Avi, I'm telling you a story. Me? I spoke in Rev Center's Friday night, and I spoke that we have Hanhaganesis in Yeshiva, that I see Yad Hashem much more, and I attributed it since guys put in above nature, and, and, and don't just shrug and say, I went through this, but guys fight. So we see, we act above our nature, Hashem acts with us back above our nature. So that's what I said. Comes this Yid Friday night, Reb Chaim, he walks in from far, he said he couldn't come, he was too sick to come. I get that message Friday, yet he comes. He speaks, then he whispers into me. He said, you're probably wondering why I'm here. And this Yid has a notebook of stories of G'daylam that everybody wants to see. He told me, when, he, when I learned in Reb Pesach Kron, the great Magid visited him at some point and asked him, he has stories of many tzaddikim that are exact, like too exact, annoyingly exact. Because that's what he's the type. Everything's like, Reb would love his stories. If you ever wanted stories of tzaddikim, no, 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 you're not weird. That wasn't saying, Reb is cool because of the truth of his stories. Very accurate. Every story is precise. That's not weird. That's good. I'm describing, I'm describing the accuracy. Yeah. That he says every de- even like a detail, that you would say. Why do you have to say that? He says all sorts. His stories are with an exactness. In in the world of stories, he gets upset. You see a lot of exaggeration, and even made up stuff. He doesn't go with that. He doesn't. By him, things as an accuracy to everything he says. He leads, that Akdamu was necessary, even though it's going to send us into a tism. We're like, we're way off the main path. We're like on a stop, at a rest stop of a rest stop. The kitzer is that he whispers to me, the kitzer is that he whispers to me and he says, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? He says that I'm going through a lot of tzaras in my life. And he starts telling me things that are going on in his life. Things, serious things that are going on in his life. He's going through tzars. He said in a very, very way he was, he was feeling what he was saying. He said, I'm going through a lot of tzars. And he expressed what he's going through in his life. And he said, I walked this distance. It wasn't easy for me to come. But I felt I need to be in this room. He quoted the Gemara Bab a Gemara Bab Metziah, which says that if somebody teaches Tyra and learns Tyra in ways that it's above their nature, it's a marsha there, kipetia, I always remember it, it's pei hey in Bab Metziah, it says kipetia, you become like the mouth of Hashem, you could be mevatel gzeris. It says if you learn Tyra with somebody who by nature shouldn't be successful in learning Tyra, 
and they overcome their nature, kipetia. You become the mouth of Hashem, you can be mevatel gzeris. Which the Marsha says, if you go above your nature, so then Hashem will go above his nature. There might be gzeris, means the teva, this should be. He said, since this is a place of people rising above their teva, he said, I came here. I pushed, came to this room because I, I want a prayer in this room. I want a prayer in this room. That's what he told me. And he walked, this Talmud Chacham, that's walk great distance to be in that room. So the Ashkach in Eretz Yisrael, I had just spoken about in Reb Center's like minutes before, and he came and said he's in the room because on Haganesis, I thought that alone was a shtickle nace. That's what happened Friday night. So all this was to set up a different year. A different year during the laning in Rev Center, we were in Parsha Shmais. And Avi, when I listen to laning, if something hits me, I stop. Laning like comes to a crashing halt. Still try to keep up with the Parsha, but I try to let the Parsha talk to me. If something talks to me, my laning's done. Now, you have to be careful. La Lacha Eli, I still try to listen, but Ben Gavra, I try to ask myself, what in the Parsha talks to me? What hits you? What, what does it mean? Again, many, many weeks, I'm just in La La Land. When I'm present, I try to like, to have the Parsha. What's, what is it saying to you? And the year in Eretz Yisrael, one word in Parsha Shmais kept sticking out to me. And it was the word Sivlois. Sivlois Mitzrayim. Vayar b'sivloisam. It's called Sivlois. There are many Xeris of Mitzrayim that it calls it our Sivlois. Such an interesting word. Now, to be Saivel Eli something means to put up with something. A guy is Saivel Yisurim. Saivel means to carry. So Simcha, if a guy puts up with difficulty, he is Saivel Yisurim. He's carrying difficulties. But why does it call Sivlois Mitzrayim? The word, like Hashem talks to us, it's like a weird word. Shibud Mitzrayim, I get. We were Meshubid, we were like own. We were slaves. Tsarais Mitzrayim, Golos Mitzrayim. All those words would be called by me. What was Sivlois Mitzrayim? Such an interesting word, Shlomo. Sivlois Mitzrayim. I was very like. What I do is when you have a word that like weird no. to you, so there's a safer Shari Aaron on Chumash. I'll always look up the Shari Aaron and look up Shatim. And I was trying to look around during laning why it's called Sivlois Mitzrayim. Comes Rebbe Kiva Resnik, Rebbe Resnik Shlita from Imrebina, from who has the Kail on Yushalayim. Come Rebbe Resnik Shlita and he comes to speak, he comes to join the Matzav as he joined this year, it's Talmud Chacham. It's a big Talmud Chacham. I asked him, would you share words to speak to the guys? And during laning, I had hacked around with anybody who was near me. We were hacking Sivlois Mitzrayim. He came literally minutes later. And I say, would you share? I said, okay, I'll share. And he says, the redum scast, the Tverish Lime, what's the word? Sivlois Mitzrayim. And he wanted to know, what's the word Sivlois? And he said as follows. He said, people can go through difficulties... And they get so accustomed to their difficulty, they stop feeling. They stop feeling the difficulty. And we're all good at that. We are very, very good at that. We're all very good at not feeling. We're experts. Human beings are great. It's called disassociation. We unplug. We're great at not feeling. We are magnificent. 
And the Radomsk says that Sivlois Mitzrayim means we were in pain for so many years we stopped feeling. Sivlois means Savlanus, patience. And the, 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 there was so many decades in Golos, it's called Sivlois Mitzrayim. Not, it means we were Sivil, we had patience for it. We're just like shrug. Everybody's shrugging. It's Sivlois Mitzrayim. That's like a deep level of Yeosh. You have, I was called on the way to yeshiva today. A young person called me and was expressing tremendous sir. Was expressing, wow, all these gifts. Was, was, was expressing tremendous sir, tremendous pains. And they were asking about different questions about these pains. And I want to say that to myself, I was thinking that Kozman, you're feeling that itself's an answer. Feeling our difficulties leads to prayer. It is a form of prayer. The fact that you're feeling and experiencing, that itself is an answer. One of the most dangerous things to going through difficulty is people stop feeling. I was reading a book about people who go through tremendous trauma at home in youth. An abusive home in the sort. And I was reading descriptions how people disconnect from feeling things. It's a tremendous gift of Hashem. Yeah. Under the, the, at the ages they are, they can't process what's going on. And they learn not to feel. And they, that tool was necessary to save their life in the moment. But they have to relearn later on in life to yes feel. Because feeling's important. You experience feeling brings to all the solutions. Our emotions and our feelings are good. And Sivlois Mitzrayim says the Radomsk is we went through so many decades of Yisurim, we stopped feeling, we were civil it, we put up with it. We were like accepting, there was like a shrug. I don't know. Just is what it is. Says this Pshat in the Zayar, Klal Yisrael's in Mitzrayim for decades, and at a certain point, nobody is crying because it just shrug. We're being tortured and pained and troubled, and we did what human beings are excellent at, disassociating, stopping to feel. A sense of this is just shrug, well, this, is, this is just life. A very depressing, a very, very dangerous type of acceptance of difficulty. Comes the Zayar and he says, Maishu Rabbeinu feels our pain. Vayar He's going around and he's feeling the pain of Yidin. And what he does is, because he feels it, people learn. Through Maishu Rabbeinu, they start seeing that there could be better. People who had long ago just shrugged and just accepted nonsense, start learning we're capable of more, we're shayich to more, we're wonderful, we're a precious people that, that's shayich tzipisal Yeshua. Says the Zayar, Maishu Rabbeinu's vayar b'sablaisam. Maishu Rabbeinu feeling the pain of Klal Yisrael actually aroused Klal Yisrael to feel its own pain. And ki asa Maisha asa kol. Maishu Rabbeinu created the crying. Maisha Rabbeinu feeling and caring all of a sudden created Klai Yisrael to once again feel their pain. The nation came alive. 
I have seen, guys, I'll tell you something very, very interesting. A little kid is lost. A little kid is lost in the... Is lost at the... At the mall. He's six years old and he's lost in the mall. Scary stuff. He's freaking out. His heart's beating fast. Doesn't know where his mother is. Six years old. Freaking. Fearing the worst. His mother's gone. He's panicking, he's shaking, he's running around. Doesn't know where his mom is, he doesn't know what to do. He's like, his heart's beating fast, fear is the worst. When does the kid cry, my friend? When does he cry? When he sees his mother. That's weird. I should be happy. It's only safe to get to cry and feel yourself when he sees mom. Often, often, when somebody, when somebody is in a difficult situation, the step one of healthiness is they feel worthy of crying, of feeling their pain, of experiencing, of now knowing I deserve better and should have better. They need that comfort to feel that. The Zayar says that Maishra Rabbeinu caring for Klal Yisrael, and somebody went around who didn't accept the situation and saw people who deserve better, who could have better, who are capable of hoping for better times, that aroused in Klal Yisrael a tremendous cry. And all of a sudden, and preciously Klal Yisrael started crying, the cry of somebody who hopes for better times, the cry of somebody who no longer accepts, shrug, this is just the lifeless shrug of of disassociation. This is what, this is what the Zayar teaches us. The Vayarvis of Laisam produces the cry, the cry, the hope, the aspiration of better times, of different times. I have seen, I'm not here to defend or to appreciate therapists. I'm not, I'm not here to talk about therapy. That's not what I want to talk about now. I have seen many a therapist accused of making things worse. The kid's angrier today. You get kids angry at their parents. If you know anything about life, if, you, if anybody observed, mm-hmm. look, Maishu Rabbeinu, you made things worse. Maishu Rabbeinu comes, cares about Klaisel, and people are crying more. I have seen many a guy in yeshiva, many a guy has told me, hey, I thought I'm doing better than ever, I'm sadder than ever, he's feeling it. He, he's come to a place that there's a, there's a if one is understood, if one is allowed to be present, is allowed to feel their situation, it creates the possibility of feeling one's story and crying about it. The crying about it then produces Vatal Shavas Melikim, Minavaida Hashem hears the cry, remembers the bris, and of course the Yeshua and the Gula starts. I wanted to, I wanted to share this with the Chevra. Years ago when I when I came to Yeshiva, twenty-three years ago, and somebody would share something sad, I wanted to cheer them up. I wanted to take them out of that space of sad. And I was good at that. Hey, let me tell him something. I felt badly for his pain. So I would cheer them up. And I would rob the experience of processing the pain, of working through, of crying, of experiencing. Today I understand this desire. 
that Maishu Rabbeinu's job is to feel along. Vayarbis of Laisam. Nasan Eina Vilibal Meitzar. Be with them in that spot. Don't pull the person out of that spot. Very shallow people go to the mourner's house and try to cheer up the mourners. Very, very shallow people. They go to the mourner's house and they, like a schmack, they tell some good jokes, they lift the spirits. Hi, Greg, this is a good job. They walk out, everybody was laughing. A very sophisticated person feels together with the mourners. Whatever the mourners are feeling, you join them where they're feeling. You're not supposed to speak till they speak. That Allah is so amuk, is so deep, because they're kaveya where they are. How could you speak first? La Allah, you're not let us speak first by your base avil. If you speak first, how do you know where they're holding? Only respond. Wherever they are, that's where you should be. If they're laughing, laugh along. Don't be upset. While they're mourning, there's a range of emotions. Maybe they're laughing, happy thoughts, remembering the departed. There's ranges. You're not allowed to speak first. Where they are, so you should be. And where, where should they be? Wherever their emotions take them. But where they are, you should be. Vayarbis of Laisam is no deeper involved than the one who spoke to us, Maishu Rabbeinu, Vayarbis of Laisam, Nasan He feels, Klal Yisrael, feels where we are. And experiences with us that empowers Klal Yisrael to cry, that brings out a profound cry out of Klal Yisrael and brings the Geula. Maishu Rabbeinu brings the Geula with this empathy. With this nice ba'olam chaveray, being where the person's being. That is our job with all our friends. That is our job with our friends. Be, respond. Be where he is. Wherever he is, there you should be. And when you're there, when you're nice with your friend, you are where he is, you bring out their own coil that causes the Yeshua. Kla Yisrael cries, anchu, and then batal shavasmolekim and avayda, and then we have the whole Yeshua comes. So that's this incredible Zayar that I wanted to share. If you're looking up the Zayar, it's in Parshas Ve'era, not Shemais, but it's about Parshas Shemais. We have much, 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 much more to learn in Parshas Shemais. Only a start. This is, this is a Parsha of Golis that we have to study very well. We have more to study on the Parsha of Ezi. Express, Bez Hashem, we'll see, jury out, we'll see yet. I, I'd like to do a little Shishi. Beza Hashem, I'd like to. It's still 